entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. That's you, by the way, so you can inspire others. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find our show and many other fine shows at c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. My guest with me today is August Turek. Hi, August Turek. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastically. I'm enthusiastic and I'm ready. Okay. Great, great to be with you, Marty. Well, well, you must have read my opening before I said it, because you are <laughs> fired up. Um, so, I am fired up. So here we go. I'm going to do a relatively... I was born fired up. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do a brief intro, and uh, as the show goes on, you'll learn more about... I'm going to call him Augie going out. Bas- By the way, his last name is spelled T-U-R-A-K, T-U-R-A-K, first name August. He is a successful entrepreneur, corporate executive, and award-winning author who attributes much of his success to living and working alongside the Trappist monks of Mepkin Abbey since 1996. As a frequent monastic guest, he learned firsthand from the monks as they grew an incredibly successful portfolio of businesses. Service and selflessness are at the heart of the 1,005-year-old monastic traditions uh, and their remarkable business success. Let's see. I want to say this. He also demonstrates, that's Augie, demonstrates that monks, people like Warren Buffett and other transformational organizations are successful, not despite their high principles, but because of them. Augie Turak, uh, thanks so much for being part of the show here. Um, You have written two books. Um, first one that I'm going to mention is Business Secrets Secrets of the Trappist Monks, One CEO's Quest for Meaning and Authenticity. And your latest book is called Brother John, A Monk, A Pilgrim, and the Purpose of Life. Ah, oh boy, where do we start? Let's start with your business career, Augie. Tell, tell us about that. All right. Well, um, let's see. My business career, I guess the first, uh, had a lot of blue-collar jobs, and I wrote an article for Forbes. I'm a contributor for Forbes, and I wrote an article for Forbes saying uh, that there is no such thing as a dead-end job. I had a lot of uh, blue-collar construction jobs and things like that. But I think that my first big business break, and it wasn't really a business break. I was in uh, my 20s. I spent my 20s, Marty, uh, on on a a spiritual quest mm. or, or, or what you could call a quest for personal development. Mm. And I used to, uh, I was a carpet installer. So my first, I was a little entrepreneur with my own truck and my own tools. And I learned tremendous amount about that, about business and myself from doing that. 
And I was in Washington, D.C., and I used to go to bookstores, and I'd ask people, who's the guy in town that can teach me something? And back then, there was people who owned their own bookstores. That was before Barnes & Noble. So I'd get the owner out there, and I'd ask him. And I was in a bookstore in Washington, D.C., and he handed me this card. And the card uh, said Louis R. Mobley and had a phone number on it. I called the phone number, and I said, this guy says you're a smart man who can teach me something about life and what's important. And uh, and he said, come on out. Well, I went out to a found out that the man, Louis Mobley, owned an estate outside of D.C., and uh, I found out quickly that he had been the founder and the first uh, uh, executive director of the IBM Executive School mm. in 1956. Wow. And he ran it from 1956 to 1966. And some of your listeners probably realize that was when he churned out all the leaders that turned IBM in the 60s and 70s into mm. the most admired mm. company in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, and I ended up spending, spending all night talking to the guy. What was interesting, we didn't talk about business. He was talking about all the philosophy and spirituality and all these higher order ideas that informed the IBM executive school and made it into what it was. Mm. Um, and um, anyway, about six months later, I called him up and I said, listen, I got a proposition for you. I said, I know you have a uh, small consulting business and uh, that you, now that you're retired from IBM, and uh, I will go out and find clients for you. Um, mm. and I, but I don't want you to pay me. All I want from you in exchange is teach me everything you know. Mm. And he came back and said, I'll go you one better. He said, you can come down, live in my house. We have a guest house. You'll stay in the guest house. Um, he still had uh, children, there were kids that were in their late teens and living at home. He said, you'll eat your dinners and your meals with us. He said, and in the mornings, I will meet you in my study and I will tutor you one-on-one. And in the afternoons, I will, uh, you can go out and find us some clients. He said, uh, but I insist on one thing. I said, what's that? And he said, I insist on paying you. <clears throat> so one of my, so I ended up getting this over the next couple of years, this incredible, incredible mentorship, uh, protege r- relationship with the guy who founded the IBM Executive School. And, um, and I like to point out, there's a concept I point out in my first book, that the secret to this Trappist Monastery success and my success is what I call aiming past the target. And this is the first example of that because I didn't go to Lou Mobley looking for money. I didn't go to Lou Mobley even for a business background. I went to him looking for something much bigger than that. And as a byproduct, as mm-hmm. a trailing indicator, I got all this business knowledge. Anyway, the next thing you know, I'm in New York City and I, uh, it's a long, it's a, it's a, we'll cut to the chase. I ended up uh, uh, um, working for MTV when it started out in 1981. Mm-hmm. And uh, people used to ask me back then, give me a speech, you know, how, what tell radio and television school did you go? No, I never went to any radio and television school. Uh, but anyway, I started out with MTV. I went to work for, uh, I was recruited away from MTV to start to help start what's now the A&E network. Uh, I went on to become a vice president of marketing for a big cable TV operator. Then I came down here to North Carolina to take a job in the software business. It was basically uh, go west, young man, and grow up with the country. And everybody was talking software. TV was an old industry. Let's go, you know. Mm -hmm. And I took a kind of an entrepreneurial thing, which didn't work out. Uh, But I ended up here in North Carolina, and I did some uh, other work. And finally, uh, me and three other guys, we started a... uh, um, 
uh, software. We, well, we did, we, we just started a company mm. and, and we didn't have a business plan plan. My uh, partner mm. said, we don't have a business plan. We're just smart guys. We'll figure out something yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and we built that up over the next seven years um, from a $2,500 investment. We never added any more money. We never put any of our own money in. We never borrowed any money and we never took any investors on. But from so for, for, uh, from $2,500 and internally generated funds, we built two companies and in 2000. We sold those two companies to an Israeli company for a lot of money. Uh, and then a couple of years later, the Israeli company and our company, the combined two companies, was flipped to BMC for $150 million in cash. Wow. So um, we did very, very well yeah. um, on that $2,500 initial investment. Wow. Fascinating <laughs> business journey. Um, <laughs> in case you missed it there at the very beginning, August Turak, T-U-R-A-K, is who we're speaking with. Uh, his, his books are Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks and Brother John. Okay, you said at the beginning that, you know, being with Lewis was not, you didn't do an intentional business, but apparently you were looking for the purpose of life. And you just, did you say in your 20s? I started on a spiritual quest when I was 20 years old, uh, and while I was still in college. Okay. Uh, um, so I, and actually I, was, I dropped out of school after three years to study Zen Buddhism, of all things. Yeah. And I latched on with a, a crazy West Virginia hillbilly Zen master that I worked with for five years. I did eventually go back to college and graduate, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, I was, you know, I was always looking for what's, you know, what's the life worth living? What's the purpose yeah. of life? What do, what do I, what do I want on my tombstone? Though all those <laughs> fundamental questions that, uh, yeah. That, occur to most people, but uh, I really decided to do something about it. Well, it occurred to most people, but usually it's in their 60s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it occurs maybe too late, you know. Uh, well, it's never too late. You can always. Do. But I see carpet installing and being a real a Zen experience, having been a truck driver myself and uh, and actually laid down some carpet and tile myself. I can uh, I can feel the Zen like quality coming through this uh, mm -hmm. through this communication. OK, so. So where did the book Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks, where did that come from? Why did you write it? Tell us about that. Well, you know, I thought one of the big themes of um, Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks is, is what I call happy accidents. And I come back to it again and again. I said, if you're a religious person, you can take it literally. If you're a um, not, you can take it met metaphorically. But when you seek uh, the kingdom of heaven, or what I would say, when you when you live your life for a higher purpose, all kinds of amazing things end up happening to you. Um, and I and to me, it's just like running into Lou Mobley and all the stuff that happened there for me. Yeah. Well, what happened? We started. Um, um, I was uh, also uh, I I wrote an article for Forbes a couple of years ago, and it was what every leader must know about personal development. Yeah, I read and it. One of the yeah. and one of the points that I make in there is that is that personal development was. Uh, people like to think of me as a businessman who happened to mess around with monks. No, I was always a spiritual guy that happened to mess around with business. Uh. And um, I had a uh, so I was always coaching college students, and I ended up uh, they ended up taking me on a skydiving expedition back in the '90s when I was starting this company, and and I broke my ankle in the skydiving accident, and it triggered a dark night of the soul. Yeah, I ended up with panic attacks and and a tr severe depression. And, um, and when I reached back for my spiritual background, hoping I could fall back on it, there was nothing there. All I cared about was the doctors. And that was 
one of the things that precipitated me going to the monastery in the yeah. first place. Yeah. So what I say in the book is that I didn't go down to the monastery because I was looking for a reason to write a book about them or, or because I was curious. I went down there because I was in very bad shape. Anyway, if you fast forward to after I, I sold my business, uh, my students also kind of goaded me to enter this contest with the Templeton Foundation. So in uh, two, this was 2004. Um, what is the purpose of uh, life in 3,500 words or less was the contest. Yeah. And as it turned out later, 10,000 essays were submitted from 47 different countries over an 18-month period. And I only found out about it two weeks before the deadline. And I had never wrote – it was open to previously published material. It was open to – um, professional writers, and I'd never written anything except business stuff in my life or term papers in college. And uh, but I took a crack at it, and I was getting nowhere. I only had a week to get the darn thing done. And another one of my students said, "Why don't you just write up that story about Brother John that you like telling people so much?" So uh, it's a story of an encounter between Brother John and me on Christmas Eve at the monastery in Mapkin Abbey down in South Carolina. So I wrote it up. Took about two days to write it, two days to polish it. I submitted it, forgot about it. Six months later, I get a telephone call. You are the $100,000 grand prize winner. Wow. <laughs> um, Talk about happy have, accidents, huh? How about happy accidents, exactly. <laughs> wow. So then the book gets written, gets uh, the, the essay got republished, the best of Christian writings, the best of Catholic writings. And then one, one uh, um, weekend, I'm sitting around, and I started just writing, and I said, I posed the question to myself because I'm a businessman, because I'm an entrepreneur, um, and because I used a lot of the ideas that I learned from the monks in my own business to build my own business. I said, "What is the secret to why are these guys so darn good at business when they when they're the average age is 65, they only work four hours a day, they keep silence, and they don't give a snot about business. Yeah. Yet everything they touch turns to gold. Yeah. So why is that? So I sat down and I wrote what I thought was a white paper, Marty, and. Uh, so I wrote it, and then I distributed it to some friends. And the next thing I know, I get a telephone call from an editor at Forbes magazine. He says, somebody gave me this piece. I took it home, and he said, I love it. He said, we want to publish it as a four-part article. Uh, we just want to change one thing. And I said, what's that? I want to change the title. I forget what my title was. And he said, I want to change it to Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks. So he publishes the essay. The essay goes viral. Um, for the first, they used to have a box on Forbes that said um, uh, the most popular, five most popular articles on Forbes. And, and for yeah. two weeks, uh, part one, part two, part three, four business secrets were the most popular. Yeah. And that led to an invitation to become a leadership contributor for Forbes and an invitation from Columbia Business School Publishing to turn the article into a book. Yeah. So everything just kind of like dominoes falling over, happy accident after happy accident after happy accident. Yeah. Led, um, and yeah. I actually it was interviewed by the BBC about business secrets. And after that was over, a producer called me and said, hey, how would you like to be a contributor on the BBC? So for the last five years, I've been piping. Uh, I get on the BBC a couple of times a month and tell them how to run the world. Yeah. Well, you hit it big time now. You're on the Business Builder Show. Absolutely. So all that was good. But now you're hitting the big time, Augie. Absolutely. Hey, my guest is August Turak, T-U-R-A-K. Augie, how do people, I know they can follow you on all different kinds of social media, but what is it, uh, what way, how would you like people to connect with you? Well, I think Facebook is probably the place where I'm most active these days. They can certainly go to augustturek.com, my website, that's August like the month, right. Turek, T is in Tom, U-R-A-K, that's one word, dot com. 
So there's probably more about me than you care to know that's on that website. But Good I'm also pretty active on Facebook. Yeah, great, great stuff. Great postings. I'm enjoying it, really. I'm enjoying the whole, uh, since we, uh, I became aware of you, I did buy and read and and I have it all marked up, the uh, business secrets of the Trappist monks. Um, let me, uh, for our audience, they probably recognize the name Michael Keaton. And uh, Michael Keaton, who was an actor, you recognize that name, D.C. Taylor. Sure you? do. One of, the, one of the great ones. One of the great ones. He I, says about this book, I truly believe this book will improve not only your business, but your life. Read it. Now, Michael Keaton is telling you to read this. For goodness sakes, read the book, you know? Okay. All right. So um, we're going to stay with this book for a minute. And so prove to me that these monks really are good business people. G- give me more details. Come on. Lay down the facts for me. Well, you know, I could talk about, you know, the facts that, you know, not just the monks that I know, but the the beer, the, the Belgian beer monks uh, that they, they line up for miles and miles to get their beer and they can't even make enough of it. And you can only get two cases. And, yeah. and if you look at these, uh, if you, every grocery store in America now covers carries uh, Trappist jelly from Spencer and yeah. uh, and the monks that I hang out with, they're doing mushrooms now and there's no yeah. way in heck they can keep up with the demand for the exotic <laughs> mushrooms that they're growing. The brand, that the, the Trappist brand is unbelievable. It's kind of like Amish furniture or, or yeah. Amish kitchen construction. You know, the brand is is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, so to me, that is the... yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, is the real uh, the reputation that they have for quality and for, and, they, and that gives them tremendous pricing power as well. Yeah, so so I don't know, if, I don't think that everybody kind of realizes that. Um, you know, so so what's the secret to the success? Are they worried about profits? Are they thinking about profits? What's their secret to success? This, is this it, part of our conversation of the purpose of life? I guess ab- ab- absolutely. The secret to their success is selflessness. Selflessness. You know, I, okay. Selflessness. Got it. And the, the more I, you know, I just repeat this like my, my mantra is, the more successfully we forget our selfish motivations, the more successful we become. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, so so selflessness is exactly what the, the monks the monks do. They're not concerned with their selfish motivations. I also like to say it's in our own self-interest to forget our self-interest. <clears throat> now, excuse me. Now, let's talk about business for a second. I'm a, I'm a leadership contributor for Forbes.com, and, what, and I give a lot of speeches about it. What do, I, what do I pound the table at? What's the biggest single mistake that people who want to who, who be leaders make? They go into leadership because they want to get be personally successful. They want to make more money. They want to get more prestige. They don't realize that the purpose of leadership is not to make me successful. It's to make other people successful. Mm. And the more successfully I forget about my own promotions, forget about my own career, forget about everything that could happen to me, and, and fanatically concentrate on making other people successful, making other people promoted, the faster I get promoted. Augie, that's a tall order, man, in today's world. I mean, that's a tall order. Convince me that I should be so selflessness. Let me let me say that word again. So I don't know if the word is convinced, but talk to me more about that. I mean, we've got all kinds of crises going on in the world today, and and let's let's keep it to America. We got uh, things like the opioid crisis. We've got we've got suicide rates. We've got uh, that are high. We 
talk to me about how this all your work your business mm-hmm. the business the, the, what you're writing about the purpose of life try to do the best you can to connect those dots for me well the the you know while there was a great article and uh, andrew sullivan wrote an article for new york magazine about the opioid crisis and if you'll permit me let me run this quote by you he said this nation pioneered modern life now epic numbers of americans are killing themselves with opioids to escape it To see this epidemic as simply a pharmaceutical or chemically addictive problem is to miss something critical. The despair that currently makes so many want to fly away. Opioids are just one of the ways Americans are trying to cope with an inhuman new world where everything is flat, where communication is virtual, and where those core elements of human happiness, faith, family, community, seem to elude so many. Until Mm -hmm. we resolve until we resolve these deeper social and psychological problems, until we discover a new meaning or reimagine our old religion or reinvent our way of life, I am afraid the poppy will flourish. Hmm. And to me, what is what he talks about in that article is a spiritual crisis of higher meaning and purpose, of, of having something bigger than yourself to live for. Yeah. Uh, and that is what is missing from so many. And that's what the monks have. They have a mission. You know, Lou Marble used to say all the time, you know, what is the purpose? What's another purpose? The leadership is to provide a mission, a mission so attractive, so all encompassing that people forget about their selfish interests Yeah. because they want to be part of the mission. They want to be part of the solution. And, yes. you know, I, I say to I was privileged one another thing from my sale. I came up through sales. And I was good enough at it that I was actually on the cover of sale, Selling Magazine at one point. Mm. And so when I say this, I think I have some some chops to be able to. Mm. But, you know, every great salesman knows that the more he forgets about himself, forgets about his product, forgets about his commissions, forgets about uh, everything, his quota, and concentrates instead on helping his customer. Yeah, yeah. The c- commissions take care of themselves. Yeah, and you, and, you, and you do talk about that in The Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks, which is, again, by August Turek. You'll want to get that book. But we're contributing to the health and well-being, and I say we in a small way, through the Business Builder Show. Your, bro, your book, Brother John, A Monk, A Pilgrim, and the Purpose of Life, is just absolutely beautiful. Um, it's illustrated by uh, the paintings at the Abbey are by Glenn Harrington. It is absolutely outstanding. Give me the story behind Brother John. Well, as I said before, um, um, I was down at I was I went to the monastery uh, for a weekend back in 1996 um, because I was desperate, and uh, they took me in for the weekend. And I was so and a couple of strange things happened to me that moved me, and so I came back the next weekend. And I came the weekend after that. And then I applied for what is called a monastic guest. So as a monastic guest, uh, you can actually become a part-time monk. You wear a robe, you you sleep behind the cloister wall in one of the monks' uh, uh, rooms. You, you get up at three in the morning with them and go all to their church services, and you go to work with them. So I applied for that Christmas to come down for three weeks of Christmas as a monastic guest. And when I, while I was down there on Christmas Eve, you get up at three o'clock in the morning, just like you would any morning. You'd work just like you would work on any day. Uh, but instead of going to bed at eight o'clock at night, which you usually do to get up at three in the morning, uh, mass doesn't start till about eight thirty for Christmas Eve, and it goes to about ten thirty. And then at ten thirty, the Trappist monks, who are known for their 
austere living, they have one of their very, very rare parties on Christmas Eve. So you get some cookies and your cakes and some 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 uh, apple cider. So I go to the party and I'm dead on my feet. I'm so exhausted. And I think I got to get back. You know, we got to get up in the morning. And so I start through the door and I suddenly realize it's pounding rain on the door. On the, it's 38 degrees and pounding rain on the, on the roof. So I'm really cursing under my breath because now I got this long walk back to my room and I'm going to be soaked. And I open the door and the light pours out and there's a figure standing under an umbrella. And I squint and suddenly I see it's Brother John. And I said, Brother John, what are you doing? And he said, I'm here for those who forgot their umbrellas to walk mm. them back to their rooms. Mm. And this became the catalyst for for everything that's happened since in a lot of ways because I was so astonished that a man who had spent 40 years in the monastery, who gets up at 2.30 in the morning to make coffee for the other monks, who is the foreman, the, the, the worker, so he's busier than anybody, works harder than anybody, he gets one party a year where he can drink some cider and eat a couple of cookies, and he would rather stand outside under an umbrella in case some doofus like me forgot his umbrella. Where, well, how, do, yeah. how, does a, how does a man become like that? How do you become... Yeah. So loving and peaceful, and that's that becomes the story of the rest of uh, yeah. of the of the where I try to explain him and tell other things about me going to see Father Christian and everything about it. Well, hopefully, uh, a lot of people who are listening to this are on somewhat of a journey. We all are are all on a journey. Um, for uh, Business Builder Show listeners, if you want a perfect Christmas gift, you'll want to order Brother John by August Turek. Order it now because they keep running out of it because it's selling like crazy. So I guess they can get this anywhere, right, Augie? They can get it just about anywhere. You can get it on Amazon.com. I would like to throw in that one of the things that, and thank you for saying the nice things about the art that Glenn Harrington did. By the way, Glenn's a multiple award-winning artist, and Beautiful. it's a, another happy accident about how I stumbled into him. Interestingly enough, I've never met Glenn to this day. Mm. But the fact is that I am so gratified that people are, keep saying the art is spectacular. It is. And and the combination of, a you know, you're getting a, a Templeton Prize winning essay combined with this multiple award winning art. He did 22 oil paintings, original oil paintings of Mepkin Abbey it and is. the monks for that, for that book. The book, Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks, is great, is awesome. That's a great gift for a business person, for anybody. Brother John is a gift for anyone under any circumstances i would like to suggest that this gets in the hands of a lot of high school and college a students we need to wrap up augie tell us again how people can follow you what's the best way and they can follow me on um just on facebook just august turak again it's august like the month turak t-u-r-a-k or they can come to august turak.com Augie, uh, it's an honor to speak with you. Congratulations on your great work. Thank you so much for your contributions. Thanks for having me, Marty. Great, great time. Thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio Show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builders Show get 50% off 
a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.